0: Hello there, my name is Sabrina. Welcome to the Homeschooling Journey podcast. Are you a homeschooling mama? Either a first-timer, or maybe you've already been at it for years. Maybe you're just thinking about it. I want to encourage you on this journey. Tune in every week to learn hard-won wisdom, practical advice, and tips from other homeschooling moms. You can do this. Welcome back to the Homeschooling Journey podcast. I recently read a fabulous book called The Read Aloud Family by Sarah McKenzie, M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E. I highly recommend it. It's easy to read. I couldn't put it down and very convincing. She makes a powerful case for reading great books to your kids of all ages even after, and especially after, they can read on their own. It made me reminisce about reading aloud to my own children years ago. Definitely one of my best memories of homeschooling. Today, I'm going to be interviewing Rose, homeschooling mama of four precious little people. Rose also happens to be my daughter. Even though her children are young, Rose has already made reading aloud to them a top priority, and as you will see, she reads some fairly advanced books to them. Rose has a lot of great info and tips to help you read aloud in your family, too. So welcome, Rose, to the Homeschooling Journey podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and the ages of your kiddos and so on?
1: Hi. Um. All right. So I'm Rose. Uh, I've been married about ten years to my husband Rob, and um, we have four kids right now and a fifth on the way. Um. My oldest is seven years old. She's in first grade. Uh, next one is a five-year-old boy who's in kindergarten, and then I have an almost four-year-old girl, and uh, a little one and a half-year-old girl, and then we don't know whether baby number five is a girl or boy yet, but um he or she is due in september
0: great all right so today we're going to talk about being a read aloud family and i know uh rose you and i have both read this book and um you are definitely a good example of a read aloud family so that's why i wanted to talk to you today about it so first off would you just explain briefly why you've chosen to make reading aloud such a priority in your family?
1: Um, all right. So there's, I could go on for a while about this one, but <laughs> um, there's a bunch of reasons. But, you know, I always, I've always had this sense or I've always heard that reading aloud is good for your kids. And um, we all kind of have this idea that it's great for their academics. And I'm, I'm sure it is. Um, but I wanted to broaden out a little bit and talk more about um, besides just the academics, uh, the reason that reading aloud is so important to us is that we really feel like it's a way of um, can, more broadly than just the academics. It's a way of making our kids into good people. So um, I want them to be good at academics and I want them to be smart. But it's more important to me that they turn into good children and good adults and uh, virtuous people. And so the reason we read aloud and the reason I feel that like reading aloud really plays into that larger goal is um by reading, I get to introduce my kids to good stories, beautiful stories, inspiring stories um we really focus on introducing them to heroes and heroines you know, fairy tale fairy tale characters um and fairy tales you know the the virtuous are always rewarded and the evil are always punished in the end um I feel like reading aloud gives our kids an opportunity to kind of uh, face some you know difficult situations that maybe they wouldn't face in real life but um, it gives them a way to be inspired by these heroes and heroines and grow as people Um, we think of uh, again you know not to not to harp too much on the fairy tales but we think of like uh, Cinderella the example we know Cinderella even though she's poorly treated she's Gentle and kind and patient and brave, and humble. And we want our kids to be all those good things. Um, and then, of course, she's rewarded in the end. So that's great. Mm. Uh, yeah. So I I love that. It's a way to kind of give them the really truly important lessons in life. But it's not that we're just lecturing them on why they should be good people. Uh, we're we're just giving them these beautiful stories to inspire them. Uh, to inspire them to live good lives,
0: right, so it's like teaching them lessons, but in a little more subtle way, mm-hmm. uh-huh, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, also just exposing them to beauty um and language, and again, this is kind of the academics, but it's a little bit more than that. Um, I want to form their minds to desire good things and beautiful things, and you know instead of reading just um a lot of kind of junky stuff, I'd like them to read really great, beautiful novels as they grow older, or beautiful poetry. Um, let's see, my uh, one little story, my three-year-old, well, she's almost four now, but this was when she was just just turning three, and I read aloud a little bit of Shakespeare, just the short little passage of Shakespeare, and I looked down, and my three-year-old was like wide-eyed, she was looking up at me, she had walked from across the room, she was looking up at me, and she said, oh, get mommy can you do that again? So I had to read it again, and I read it again, and again, and again, this little passage of Shakespeare. And it was just a pretty little description of a riverbank and a fairy that that lived on the riverbank. So she didn't necessarily understand all the words, but she knew that it was just really beautiful. It just spoke to her at three years old. And so that's the kind i I want to fill my kids' minds with good vocabulary, beautiful thoughts uh beautiful ideas, and give them a taste of good literature because that's something they can enjoy for the rest of their lives.
0: Wow, that was that was amazing <laughs> rose Wow, okay, that's lot of good reasons right there. But uh, now I want to know how this works practically, because you've got these four little busy people. And I'm thinking, how do you do that? Uh, With with all the little busy people. So one thing I wondered is, do you have a certain set time of day
1: that you do this? Or just when the mood strikes? Or how does that work? Um, So we try to incorporate reading aloud into every day. And so we Always have a big book going, a read aloud book, and that would be a chapter book, something that's uh, a little bit above their level, maybe to stretch them, stretch their vocabulary and their understanding, and something that'll bring up a lot of, uh, bring up a lot of discussion about words that they hear or themes that they hear. So that's our read aloud book, and we do that um, at breakfast every day, and sometimes at lunch. And the reason we picked mealtimes is because everybody's kind of, everybody's seated in one spot. Uh, the baby's in the high chair. they 18 18-month-old now, is in the high chair. And all their little mouths are full, for the most part, uh, of food. So it's a little bit quieter. Uh, so that's a very practical time that we figured out that works for us. I th- think that idea might have come from the Read Aloud family book. I can't remember. hmm uh, but it's just we find that at the table tends to be less chaotic than if the kids are all running around doing their own thing. So are you eating also
0: or do you eat before or after?
1: Uh, that's the part that's a little tricky. Um, I often I'll just eat my food really quick. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll eat five, 10 minutes and then we'll sit there for half an hour, 45 minutes mm-hmm. while they finish up. So we we do make our breakfast time leisurely um one of the nice things about homeschooling is we don't have to get out the door in the morning so we have plenty of time to sit and uh you know have an extended breakfast and and i've been very fortunate that my uh, 18 month old is really happy to sit in her high chair for a long time and uh, well i think we'll talk about this more she actually enjoys it too even though the books are not not aimed at her she does enjoy Mm. it too so I was going to ask you,
0: it sounds like their mouths are full, but uh, one of the questions I was going to ask you is, um, do the kids ever, do they do activities with their hands at all when you read? Or do you just keep it to meal mealtimes so that everybody's eating?
1: Yeah, we keep it to meal times. Okay. We've tried um, now and then, like my my seven-year-old is really crafty and she loves doing things with her hands. Um, and I, at first I thought maybe that would be a time to actually, to read while she was doing things, or even coloring, and I just have found that it's too distracting for my kids, I don't, Mm. and I, it it may work when they're older, I don't know, but for right now, even just coloring a coloring page, listening to a story is too much for them, because, you know, they're looking for their favorite color crayon or whatever,
0: Mm. so
1: mealtime is good, because, you know, it doesn't really take any brain activity to sit and eat there, so they can really focus on the story.
0: Okay. So baby Lucy does participate. Just She's just in captive audience in her high chair.
1: She does. And she it's, it's funny now that she's a little older, she's 18 months, and she imitates everything the big kids do. So if there's a part in the book where they're laughing, kids are laughing, she'll go, ha, 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 and she's laughing too. <laughs> <laughs> and if there's a picture that I'm, I turn the book around, you know, show them a picture and she says, I see, I see, I see, I see. And she won't you know it won't let up until I show her the picture, Aww. and then she says, "Oh, <laughs> she enjoys the book too. <laughs> oh, that's great. so how do you
0: pick these books
1: um a few different ways so uh, going back to our um kind of our our big goal, our overarching goal of introducing the kids to to inspiring role models and characters and um we'll do a lot of fairy tales um one of the series that we've read quite a bit of is the fairy books by Andrew Lang. I think they were written 100 or so years ago, maybe 150 years ago um and Andrew Lang gathered fairy tales from all over the world. So there's you know the kind of European, French fairy tales, Scandinavian, Japanese, African, all these fairy tales and it's really been fun to see the the similarities um that stories like almost every culture seems to have something like a Cinderella story. Um mm-hmm. so we do do a lot of fairy tales, um, we do a lot of saint stories or historical fiction, um, because again, we wanna introduce those great role models. Um, and then some books are just from my childhood that I loved. Um, one of them was Pippi Longstocking we read recently, a huge hit with the kids. Everybody loved it. <laughs> they, they'll they still just bring me the book and say, can you read this chapter again? Because it's just my favorite. And, and then uh, there's all sorts of book lists, too, that are great. Um, the Read Aloud Family book provides book lists for ages, right. picture books and, and uh, chapter books. We, the list, the particular list that we use is um, John Senior's good books list. Uh, John Senior was an educator, I believe college educator, and said that um, in order to read the great books someday, you have to read a thousand good books. And so he, he got this list of, it's not a thousand, I think it's about 400, but they're broken up by ages. And so we, we pull heavily from that list Mm -hmm. also. And back to Andrew
0: Lang, is it L-A-N-G or L A N -N G. Andrew Lang. Lang. Andrew Lang. Okay. And those are all the fairy tales from around the world.
1: Right. And every book has a name like um, the purple fairy book, the blue fairy book, the gray fairy book, the green fairy book. So they're easy to find. Libraries should have them. And um, and they're great. Great fairy tales. Perfect. Perfect. Um, So... I was just wondering with
0: kids as young as yours, seven, five, almost four, and then baby Lucy, what kind of, um, do you do any kind of follow-up with the kids on the books, or uh, do they ask questions while you're reading them, or do you have them be quiet while you're reading so that you can keep going, or what?
1: Um, So they do ask plenty of questions as we read, so, one thing I have found, I've tried audiobooks with the kids, and that doesn't work for, for my age kids, at least, because I would have to be pausing the thing every two minutes to answer questions. So they do bring up questions. Um, sometimes it's just simple vocabulary questions. Other times it's questions that are they require a little bit more uh, discussion about something going on in the book. Sometimes there's, um, especially when we've read some of the historical fiction we've read um, has brought up. Themes like war or slavery and things that that require more in-depth conversation. Mm-hmm. So we'll stop right, you know, right around the breakfast table and just chat. Um, the kids will ask me questions throughout the day about the book. Sometimes, um, we I find that they do a lot of kind of their own follow-up too. They, uh, it's reading aloud really sparks their creativity. So one night, uh, I put the kids to bed, and they were supposed to be sleeping. We heard all this laughing and talking from upstairs. Uh, and then come to find out the next morning, we had been reading Dr. Doolittle, which also is just probably the the top book my kids would say that we've ever read, uh, mm-hmm. The Voyages of Dr. Doolittle. And my son, my five-year-old, it turns out he was telling all the other kids, they all sleep in one room, he was telling all the kids about he made up a story. It was like a spin off story that he made up about a character in Doctor Doolittle, who happens to be a pig um so this pig gubgub is their favorite character in Dr. Doolittle, so he was telling a story about Gub Gub and some funny thing that Gub Gub the pig had done, and they were all laughing and and you know totally made up. It was not a story from the book. he made it up and then the next day, my daughter drew a picture of the story that he had <laughs> told them. Uh, about the pig and they they talk about that pig all the time <laughs> so the books kind of become part of our family life and family discussion and they act out scenes from the books they act out scenes using characters from books that they've read so yeah you can tell that it's uh the, the things we read just kind of stick in their minds and they they just have their own kind of creative uh, outlets related to the books that we read and you told me about a little incident about
0: Winnie the Pooh books, and I thought that was a cute story. Why don't you tell us?
1: Yeah, so that was uh, more, this is an example of more of when I lead a discussion based on a book. So um, one of the, a tip I had seen in in the Read Aloud family was to ask your kids what kind of, what character do they think they're most like or most unlike in a book? And so we, after we read The Adventures of Winnie the Pooh a couple of years ago, we this was my daughter who was about five at the time, my oldest, and I had this discussion about who is, you know, who are you in Winnie the Pooh? Who are you most like? And who am I most like? And, and so my daughter and I kind of, it was very easy to tell my daughter's absolutely rabbit from Winnie the Pooh. Because um, <laughs> she's she's hyper busy yeah busy kind of wa- likes to run the show she likes to tell people what's what's <laughs> what and what to do <laughs> she likes things a set way so very much uh, very like directed lots of ideas so yeah my son who was probably three at the time is very very bouncy and active and so we decided he was tigger and so that was a really fun way of kind of making the book come alive for her um and and we'll still kind of talk talk about that uh about those characters and who is similar to who and we uh-huh. do that for other books too but that was a fun way to discuss a book so would you say for the most part that you just
0: let them ask the questions as they arrive you don't like say okay now we're going to discuss the characters of pooh or whatever right
1: yeah yeah i find that most of the time they're the ones that have the questions and kind of initiate the discussions but sometimes i will and, and like the winnie the pooh example was kind of a fun way of talking to the kids about the book without just saying, so what happened, you know, and without asking them to recap the the story itself. Right. Right. Mm -hmm.
0: This is great, Rose. Thank you so much. I, um, we could go on and on, believe Uh me, both (laughs) of us are love books of all kinds. So Rose and I could talk about books forever, but, um, I just like you in closing, do you have any words of advice for other mothers say of, several young little ones about, um, just the importance of being a read aloud family.
1: Um, yeah, I, I could say just a few things. First of all, I, I forgot this was like one super practical tip that, um, that I read once that's really helped a lot is when you're reading out loud, read slowly to your kids. We tend to read too fast and um and then you miss their opportunities for questions or or to explain vocabulary. So super easy and practical, but just slow down. Um and then as far as the importance again, I would just say that reading aloud, we should just look beyond the academic. People talk about the academic um the academic benefits of reading aloud and those are absolutely there. But I think it's a a bigger issue. Um I think we can shape who they are, who they become in life through reading. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it just changes your family culture too. We talk a lot about books. We talk, we all talk about what we're reading. My husband and I share with the kids what we're reading. Sometimes we'll even read them little snitches from, you know, little tiny bits of whatever we're reading, even an adult book. Um, and it just, it provides our family with kind of a shared culture, shared language, shared stories. Um, yeah, one one thing that comes to mind is uh, in Pinocchio, we read Pinocchio, that was another big hit of a book. Um, <laughs> big hit. In, in Pinocchio, there's this line uh, that someone says, beware of evil companions. And so every now and then in a discussion, Somebody will just throw in, oh, beware of evil companions. Oh. So we'll quote the books. And it's just, it becomes part of our family life and part of our family culture.
0: Right. Oh, that's yeah. so good. Wow. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much, Rose, oh, you're for welcome. joining us today. It's been great. I have a feeling we'll check back in with you mm-hmm. soon. Great. All right. Thanks, everyone.